Discover personally how the Word of God can affect a change in your life through the ministry of Apostle E.A. Ajay. Apostle E.A. Ajay is the founder and pastor of Devotional Life Church. He is also the founder of the Jesus the Answer campaign and an author of several best-selling books. Devotional Life Church is a vibrant church with people full of first love for the Lord. Now listen to E.A. Ajay. God is good all the time. All the time. God is good. Wow. Amen. Today too, I'm teaching about something very important. Mm -hmm. Something I intend to teach, I think, three weeks ago. But I didn't get the clearance. Amen. Amen. But I thank God that today I can teach it. Amen. Amen. Um, I want to teach you, or I want us to look at another great king in the Bible. And this great king too, many people don't talk about him. And when they do, they only talk about this great king as an evil king. Amen. Amen. But this king is not an evil king as I was taught at Sunday school. Amen. He is a great king of God. Amen. Amen. Anyone that God in his wisdom see as great is great. Amen. Amen. And anyone that God blesses is blessed. Amen. Amen. Irrespective of what we think or what we believe. Amen. Amen. And the name of this great king is called King Nebuchadnezzar. Amen. I believe we've all heard. Amen. Amen. If you've never heard today, you are hearing Amen. King Nebuchadnezzar. So today we are going to look at King Nebuchadnezzar. Amen. Uh, in Sunday school, we were taught about King Nebuchadnezzar. Amen. Mm -hmm. But we were only taught, or let me put like, I was taught about King Nebuchadnezzar as an evil, disobedient king. Amen. Amen. As a proud king. That's what I was taught. Amen. Mm -hmm. And I only grew up to become a pastor. And one day God asked me to write a book on obedience. Amen. Amen. The secret. I entitled the book, Knowledge of the Secret. Amen. Amen. And then God showed me that look at my servant Nebuchadnezzar. I was blown apart when God said, look at my servant Nebuchadnezzar. How? I was thought that this Nebuchadnezzar was an idol-worshipping king. Amen. Amen. A proud king. And I go say, look at my servant Nebuchadnezzar. But as usual, I did obey and I began to look at God's servant Nebuchadnezzar. Then I saw that Nebuchadnezzar was the servant of God. Amen. Amen. But I do not understand why a Babylonian king will become it was a servant of God, but God began to show me why. And through that, he taught me a lot of what lessons regarding reality. You see, I'm not talking about religiosity. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you can, you are not spiritual. You, are, you can be religious, but not spiritual. Yes. And there's no power in religion. The power is in spirituality. That's why I say, worship the Lord. You seek those who worship him in what? Spirit. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. So today we are going to look at King Nebuchadnezzar. 
His story is huge. Of course, we cannot look at all, but we look at the angle of obedience. Mm -hmm. From the angle of obedience. Amen. So the title of today's sermon is The Obedient Nebuchadnezzar. Mm -hmm. The Obedient Nebuchadnezzar. Amen. Mm -hmm. The servant of God. Amen. Mm -hmm. um, before we do, Nebuchadnezzar was the king of Babylon. He built the Babylonian empire. In his days, Babylon was like today, right now. You cannot compare any country to Babylon. In his days, will be like those. Because now there's a lot of superpowers, isn't it? Russia is there, America is there, China is there. But in his days, there wasn't a competition. It was, let's say, maybe 18th century United Kingdom, mm -hmm. when United Kingdom was ruling almost yeah. half of the world. Yeah. yeah, in his days, that was him, Babylon. Amen. And he, even we have his name and his records in history, uh, among the six or seven wonders of the world, one of the things he built is part of it, the Hanging Gardens. I don't know if you've heard the Hanging Gardens. He built it. It's one of the six wonders of the world. Amen. The book of Nazar is the one who built it. Yes. Amen. Yes, he's the one who built it. Amen. He was the king of what? Babylon. Amen. Praise the Lord Jesus. Uh, so Nebuchadnezzar, amen. Nebuchadnezzar was a great king by all standard. Amen. Uh, but our concern is to look at it from God's what? Point of view. If you are for us, if you are great before man, but not great before God, you've lost. Yeah. Because what shall I profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses what? His soul. Amen. So we are going to look at Nebuchadnezzar. Amen. The obedient Nebuchadnezzar. And as we go on, you see why I mean, or why I'm, what I mean by saying the obedient Nebuchadnezzar, or what I mean. Amen. But before we hit the nail on the head. Let's read Romans 15 verse 4, please. Romans chapter 15 verse 4. Amen. The obedient Nebuchadnezzar. Romans chapter 15 verse 4. Hallelujah. Amen. Romans 15 verse 4. Mm -hmm. For every everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide we might have hope amen this is a reminder it said everything that was written down in the past was written to what teach us other version is say for our learning so everything including the story of nebuchadnezzar god intentionally made them write it down to teach me and you. Mm -hmm. So the subject of today or the teaching or the story or the life of Kinebuchadnezzar is as relevant today as it was. Mm -hmm. There are nuggets in it. And my prayer is as we look at it, you will learn. Amen. You will be taught. Amen. That God will speak to you. Amen. That he will show you secrecy. To his kingdom amen. amen let's look at another one second timothy chapter 3 verse 16 second timothy chapter 3 verse 16 second timothy chapter 3 verse 16 this is just to remind us amen 
Amen. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Second Timothy three sixteen. Mm -hmm. All Scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Amen. So it says all Scripture. So everything the Word of God, including what we are coming to look at today, that have entitled obedience the Book of Nazar, is God breathed the breath. Is by meaning the spirit of God, amen. and this is for us, amen, amen, to teach us, to rebook us, to correct us, amen. and to train us, amen. amen. So, I pray again in the name of Jesus that as we look at this, you will be corrected, amen. that you'll be rebooked, amen. that you'll be trained. Amen. That you be instructed Amen. in the name of Amen. Jesus. That you be convicted. He also said for conviction. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. If you are Christian yeah. and you don't get convicted, you have a big issue. Mm. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. So, just this is just for the background. Amen. Amen. The obedient Nebuchadnezzar. Wow. Jeremiah chapter 25, verse 1. Let's hit the nail on the head now. Jeremiah 25, verse 1. We are looking at the life of Nebuchadnezzar as the obedient king. Amen. When you really want to know whether someone is obedient, wait till the person is independent and strong. Amen. It is hard. Many... Many people who are at a disadvantage will think they are humble, but they are not. Mm -hmm. To really know whether a person is humble, let the person have power mm -hmm. or be in a good position. That's why we can really tell whether you are humble or not. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because life itself has a way to humble people. Mm -hmm. Amen. Mm -hmm. So when a king is very great and he's still obedient, it makes it key. Amen. Mm -hmm. Jeremiah 25 verse 1. Let's read it. Yeah. Jeremiah 25, verse mm -hmm. 1. The word came to Jeremiah concerning all the people of Judah in the fourth year of Jehoiakim, Jehoiakim, son of Josiah, king of Judah, which was the first year of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. Amen. Okay. Continue. Okay. Um, yeah. So Jeremiah the prophet said to all the people of Judah and to all those living in Jerusalem for 23 years from the 13th year of Josiah son of Ammon king of Judah until this very day the word of the Lord has come to me and I have spoken to you again Amen. and again. Amen. Amen. So the reason why we read the one the Bible said the moment King Nebuchadnezzar became king the first day he became king the word of God came toward Jeremiah. Mm -hmm. Amen. When you continue to read it, the word of God was a prophecy mm -hmm. that God was going to bring a person mm -hmm. from the north, from Babylon, to come and destroy his people, Israel. Mm -hmm. But the reason why we read this is for you to note that this prophecy came, you see, the moment Nebuchadnezzar became king, his first year. The reason why I want you to know is that all we are going to read is connected to Nebuchadnezzar as a person, not Babylon, mm -hmm. as a nation. Okay. Even though he was the king of what? The Babylonian what? Empire. 
You hear many people say Babylon shall burn fire, burn Babylon. <laughs> <laughs> Babylon shall fall, especially the Rastafarians. <laughs> Whenever you hear that statement, they are referring to those days Babylon called Babylon in the book of Mesa days. The man was everything. Amen. He was one king, he removed the eyes with the finger. It's in the Bible, one of Israel king. He killed his children in front of him and after he took out his eyes. Amen. So they really hated Babylon. Amen. Praise the Lord. So I just want you to understand that it has got to do with Nebuchadnezzar rather than what? Babylon. Even though he was the king of Babylon in what? Those times. So the reason why I read this is that the first year of Nebuchadnezzar, I mean, when he became king, there was a prophecy in Israel from Prophet Jeremiah. When continue to read that Nebuchadnezzar, God is going to bring him to destroy what his people. Amen. Second Chronicles chapter 36, 17 to 18. And you see that in Second Chronicles chapter 36, 17 to 18, the Bible says God handed over the people of Israel to Nebuchadnezzar. Second Chronicles 37, 36. Verse 17 to 18. Amen. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Amen. Second Chronicles 36. Oh, sorry. Second Chronicles chapter 36, verse 17 to, to 18. 18. Mm -hmm. He he brought up against them the king of, of the Babylonians, who killed their young men with a sword in the sanctuary and did not spare young men or young women, the elderly, elderly or the infirm. God gave them all into the hands of Nebuchadnezzar. He carried to Babylon all the articles from the temple of God, both large and small, and the treasures of the Lord's temple and the treasures of the king and his officials. Amen. Amen. So the Bible says God gave the people of Israel into the hands of what? Nebuchadnezzar. And God allowed and caused Nebuchadnezzar to destroy what? them but this is the key why would god give his people the nation of what israel the nation of a priesthood to a foreigner a babylonian who as far as we know worship idols clearly is there say god gave them into the hands of what kinebuchadnezzar why would god give a christian faith in the hands of an unbeliever mm -hmm. and that the unbeliever is the one who will determine and determines what happens to the christian mm -hmm. so bible says in second Corinthians that god handed them his people israel to what king nebuchadnezzar yes. and the bible shows some of the things that what king nebuchadnezzar what did mm -hmm. against god's people mm -hmm. second kings chapter 24 verse 2 is the same thing but it emphasizes it more. Amen. 2 okay. Kings chapter 24, verse 2. So this is the case we've seen a king from north come. Distraction always comes from the north. <laughs> from the north come to the people of God to destroy them. But the Bible says it is God who handed his people to this king. Now we know that the king was an unbeliever in the sense that he wasn't what Israel he didn't in the sense as we thought as we can see by the religious activity he did not serve what Yahweh 
Why? Okay. Second Kings 24 verse 2 is the same thing, but it emphasizes more. Amen. Mm, amen. Mm -hmm. Second Kings 24 verse 2. Mm -hmm. The Lord sent Babylonian, Aramean, Moabite, and Ammonite raiders against him to destroy Judah in accordance with the word of the Lord proclaimed by his servants, the prophets. Amen. Amen. So we know that this Babylonian, no Babylon is what Nebuchadnezzar yeah. was sent by the by the prophets, the word that the prophet was spoke. Mm -hmm. Remember, that's the first scripture we read in Jeremiah 25, verse yeah. 1. The reason why we read 2 Kings chapter 24, verse 2 is to emphasize more for us to realize that it is God who sent what? Nebuchadnezzar. He said God sent the Babylonians. The more but we are interested in the Babylonians today, which is Nebuchadnezzar. So it's God that sent Nebuchadnezzar to come and destroy Israel. God sent an unbeliever, we will say, to come and destroy a believer. God sent him. Not like allowing him, he sent him, he stayed him, put it in his house, spoke in his house, speak to him through his prophet and dreams. Why? Why? We will come to that. Look at what God, when God spoke to me years, years ago, and he said, find out, Jeremiah 25 verse 9, look at what God said. Look at what God called Nebuchadnezzar. In Jeremiah 25 verse 9, you see that God called Nebuchadnezzar his servant. Mm -hmm. So he called Nebuchadnezzar what? His servant. Mm -hmm. So according to Jeremiah 25 verse 9, Nebuchadnezzar was the servant of God. Mm -hmm. Please read it for me. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. Jeremiah 25 verse 9. Mm -hmm. I will summon all the people of the north. And my servant Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, declares the Lord, and I will bring them against this land and its inhabitants, and against all the surrounding nations. I will completely destroy them and make them an object of horror and scorn and an everlasting ruin. Amen. So God said to Israel, said, Listen, I'm going to gather and call my servant Nebuchadnezzar, and I'm going to bring my servant. And he will come and destroy you people. So clearly, the Bible said Nebuchadnezzar was the servant of God. So even though he wasn't Israel, he was a Babylonian. Even though in the fiscal, we say he doesn't serve Yahweh. Because he doesn't wear the talents, go to Jerusalem, different countries. He, the Bible said he was the servant of God. And God said, I am bringing my servant from the north to come and destroy you. In the natural, we know him as one who worshiped pagan. But God says he is my servant. Why? Why? What? But we thought Israel is rather his servant. So how come you are telling us that you are bringing your Nebuchadnezzar, your servant Nebuchadnezzar to come and destroy us that we think we are what? Your servant. In other words, Nebuchadnezzar, the word servant means the person serve him God. That's what it means. He says what? God. Look at the same Jeremiah chapter 27. Or 20. Yeah, 27. Amen. Verse 6. Just read the 6. It's the same thing, but there's 
it to show you that it wasn't a mistake for God to say Nebuchadnezzar was what his servant because it is repeated again. Amen. Please read it for us. Hallelujah. Jeremiah mm -hmm. 27 verse 6. Mm -hmm. Now I will give all your countries into the hands of my servant Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. I will make even the wild animals subject to him. Just Amen. Verse 6. So in Jeremiah 27 verse 6, we see God telling Israel, his supposed people. I'm using the word supposed people because from the way God is talking, it's like they are not, even though we know they are. Even though from what God said in the past, they are supposed to. Mm -hmm. So he said, listen, I'm telling you people, I'm bringing my servant, Nebuchadnezzar, isn't it what he yeah. said? To do what? Mm -hmm. To destroy you. Amen. Amen. To destroy you and all nations. Even if you see how God put it, my servant. Mm -hmm. You know that I'm bringing Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah. I'm bringing my servant. The word servant means my vessel. Yeah. My, my vessel. The one that I'm able to work through. Yeah. The one that I'm able to move him. Yeah. That's what yeah. servant means. Yeah. Yeah. To destroy you. Amen. And look at the seven. The same 27. But read the seven. Amen. Mm -hmm. Jeremiah 27 verse 7. Mm -hmm. All nations will serve him mm -hmm. and his son and his grandson until the time for his land comes. Then many nations and great kings will uh, subjugate him amen so he said listen this is my servant Nebuchadnezzar all nations the whole world will serve him wow. and nor will they only serve him his children and his grandchildren they are the other nation they will still serve his children and his grandchildren when he's gone so in other words he was telling Israel listen this is my servant that I'm bringing to destroy you you are not the only person he will rule over you and rule over all the people, the people you want to seek help from, the people you think you have. That's why you are disobeying me. The book of Nezah is going to rule all over them. Yeah. That's what he said there, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. It is clear there. But the eight, the eight is even alarming. <laughs> no, read the 27 verse 8. Because the eight shows the level. <laughs> Of vessel the Nebuchadnezzar was with God, or how God didn't joke with Nebuchadnezzar about Nebuchadnezzar. Look at the eight. Amen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Kinebu, sorry. Yeah. Jeremiah chapter 27, yeah. verse 8. Mm -hmm. If, however, any nation or kingdom will not serve Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, or bow its neck under his yoke, I will punish that nation with a with this with a sword. Famine and plague declares the Lord until I destroy it by his hand. So Amen. God is saying wow. any nation, any of the world that will try not to respect this my servant, bow to Nebuchadnezzar, serve Nebuchadnezzar, including you Israel, I will destroy that nation. Yeah. Yeah. So in other words, God, God gave the entire world to Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah. Yeah. That was why the Babylonian Empire in his days was the ruler of the entire world. I didn't say he's there. Yeah. So in other God was saying to Israel, that listen, you don't stand a chance. You are to serve this, yeah. my servant. Yeah. You are to bow to him. Yeah. And not only you every nation, and who dares, I will deal with the person. It means whoever tried to rebel against Nebuchadnezzar, yeah. me myself, I will deal with the person. Yeah. 
King Nebuchadnezzar, <laughs> God's servant. Amen. But the, the mysteries from our understanding, from our theology, from our religious training and mindset and thought pattern, how, how on earth? Why? That's, that's the mystery. That's what we are trying to what? find out. We will get there. The scripture must lead us there. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord Jesus. So all this also means that it is God who is making what? Nebuchadnezzar. And no, this is not like, it is God himself who is saying it. So you can't challenge it. You cannot say he see himself like that, but it's not. God say he is. Amen. Amen. Let's look at the same Jeremiah again, but let's read the 28 verse 14. Jeremiah 28 verse 14. Jeremiah 28 verse 14. Praise the Lord. Amen. Jeremiah 28 verse 14. Mm -hmm. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says. I will put an iron yoke on the necks of all these nations to make them serve Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. And they will serve him. I will even give him control over the wild animals. Amen. Amen. This God has increased the level of authority. <laughs> no, no, can't you see? Similar thing, but deep. He said, now even all the animals. In fact, today, today, when you look at archaeology, the Babylonian Empire, they have a lot of Syria. It was around that Syria, Iraq. So there's a lot of artifacts. You will see all the different kinds of animals, aspects. And there are certain animals we've never seen. People believe it is hybrids. So he said, listen, no only have I given every nation to Nebuchadnezzar, not only will Nebuchadnezzar control everybody, but even now I've added the animals. I've given power, dominion over the animals, the lions, the cobras. Yeah. <laughs> so even the animal will attack you on behalf of Nebuchadnezzar. Oh yes, spiritually. Yeah. And will manifest physical. That's what it means. So you can run to the wilderness. A python will come against you there. <laughs> yeah, you can go into the sea. A whale will come. <laughs> because you are running from myself and Nebuchadnezzar. That's what it means. So you have to have made you all slave. That's what God said. I've put an iron yoke on your neck. All of you are making slave to Nebu. 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 Are you enjoying the story? I am. Preach. Wow. Hey. Hey. But the mysteries, why? What What crap about this Nebuchadnezzar? I wonder. <laughs> so when Nebuchadnezzar came, Babylon was in great too. No. no. When when he became king, Egypt was the superpower. Egypt was the great nation. So when he became king, that's when God took him and God said, I'll make him great. He will rule. And indeed, he became greater. It is Babylon, the Babylonian Empire overtook the Egyptian what? Empire. Before Babylon uh, uh, um, rose up, Egypt was superpower. Yeah. Okay. yeah, that's why even Israel had to go to Egypt. Egypt was superpower. Mm. No country could stand Egypt. Amen. Amen. Egypt was like the 18th century United Kingdom. Okay. Or maybe 30 years ago, America. Mm. 
was was the superpower. Mm. So Nebuchadnezzar became great and now even swallowed what? Mm. Egypt. Mm. And all was by God. Look at 2 Kings chapter 24, verse 7. It says the Babylonian Empire became greater than what? Egypt. Mm. Of course, we should understand why. Because we've seen that God gave every nation to Nebuchadnezzar what? Mm. Nazar, his what? Servant. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Second Kings chapter 24, verse 7. Let's read it. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. 2 mm -hmm. Kings 24, verse, verse 7. 7. The king of Egypt did not march out from his own country again, because the king of Babylon had taken all his territory from the wadi of Egypt to the Euphrates River. Amen. So King Nebuchadnezzar took all the territory of what? Egypt. So Egypt was restricted to just Egypt. Mm -hmm. But then he went against Egypt and overcame and destroyed what? Egypt. Read it. Jeremiah chapter 42 verse 2. 46 verse 2. This is important because you understand why Egypt is important. Amen. So we see that Babylon became greater than what? Egypt. Because Babylon took over all Egyptians' what? Empires. Except Egypt itself. But later he went for Egypt itself. Ezekiel 26 verse 7. Uh, no, Jeremiah 46 verse 2, please. Amen. Jeremiah mm -hmm. 46 verse 2. This concerning Egypt, this is the message against the army of Pharaoh, ne Neko, king of Egypt, which was defeated at Ka Kashemesh on the Euphrates River by Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, in the fourth year of Jehoiakim, son of Josiah, king of jo Judah. Sorry, amen. So we see clearly in Jeremiah 46 verse 2, that Nebuchadnezzar defeated what? Neko, the king of what? Yeah. Egypt. Yeah. So he swallowed Egypt. Yeah. I mean, for a kingdom to rise and overtake another superpower, it, it, it wasn't small. But it's because God gave him Egypt. It was because not God, he was what? The servant of God. Amen. But why did God give Egypt to Nebuchadnezzar? Amen. God, before he destroyed Egypt, he has destroyed Israel. Israel, they, they were nothing. They were like uh, small chops. <laughs> Starters. Yeah. Because when you look, when you study the war, Nebuchadnezzar himself did not go to the battle. He just sent one of his commanders with a session of his uh, army. That was it for Israel. Yeah, that was how great. Because remember, he came from the north, so he began to take the cities and he was coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he asked that one. He sent one of his commanders, <laughs> one of his generals. <laughs> he was there when they brought the king of Israel, and he said, "You were running from me. You didn't surrender." He killed his children in front of him. Wow. Said, "You will not see again." Bible says with his high fingers, and what it was prophesied that that would happen to him. Yeah, and. He followed him to Babylon. He was in prison, decoration. The king was part of his decoration. Prison. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord Jesus. So you see that God, we've read clearly, God gave him. The reason why I mentioned Egypt is because in those days, even Israel ran to Egypt for help. When people need war, when people come to war, if you are able to pay Egypt to come and fight for you because they were the superpower. 
please do you understand yes. just like the second world war united kingdom was begging american to join the war american didn't want to join before american now gave him mm -hmm. and the that maybe we couldn't overcome hitler mm -hmm. yeah we couldn't but remember he, he he took over everything do you know why we celebrate the day because when the soldiers were going they knew they were going to die yeah, because the, the beach was fortified. What mm -hmm. what that documentary did they? Mm -hmm. You see the sacrifices people have made for this country mm -hmm. to be what it is today. Mm -hmm. So if you are in this country, pray for the country, love the country. Mm -hmm. Don't wish and desire evil for this country. Mm -hmm. We are riding on the blood of men. Mm -hmm. They knew they were going to die. They were just hoping that few would be able to penetrate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So... We can see Nebuchadnezzar taking over what? Egypt. But when you read the Bible, the Bible says it is God that gave Nebuchadnezzar Egypt to Nebuchadnezzar as a reward. <laughs> because Egypt is the cream. Do you understand? It was the superpower before Nebuchadnezzar took over. That was the superpower. And meaning God, the Bible says God gave it to him as what? A gift. For doing the work very well. Wow. The work he gave him to destroy his people Israel. And to destroy the Ammonites and all those things. The Bible says he did it very well. Without, he didn't, and the Bible says he didn't do it for money. He didn't do it for a reward. He did it for God. Mm. Remember God says, so God gave me a whole Egypt as a reward. Let's read it. Ezekiel 29. 17 to 20. Yeah. Yeah. Ezekiel 29, 17 to 20. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you a story mm. of a great king today. Yes. Amen. We are enjoying mm -hmm. it. Ezekiel 29, 17 to 20. Mm -hmm. Wow. Ezekiel 29, 17 to 20. My mm -hmm. heaven is even a book at Laser's reward. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. In the 27th year, in the first month of the first day, the word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, drove his army in a hard campaign against Tyre. Every head was wrapped bare, and every shoulder made roar. Yet he and his army got no reward from the campaign he led against Tyre. Therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says. I am going to give Egypt to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and he will carry off its wealth. He will loot and plunder the land as pay for his army. Amen. As pay, as reward. <laughs> wow. Because when he, he, Israel was supposed to destroy Tyre, long time, they never did. But when he gave it to Nebuchadnezzar, the Bible says he did the way. He said without head, meaning he did the way in perfection. Without collecting pay, he didn't do it for money. Purely in obedience to God. So the Bible says the sovereign God, the word sovereign is key there. Sovereignty. God is God. You cannot tolerate that. Uh, you cannot challenge him. He is sovereign. So he said, I, the sovereign God, I will give Egypt to him. Your own say pay. Other versions say ask a reward. Which is the same. Reward. Reward is not a gift. You are rewarded based on what you do. So his reward is space, wages. <laughs> because he did the work very Bible says he did not, there was no stone on ten. Meaning he did the work that was given fully well. And yes, he wasn't paid. But he was he did it. And God said, I'm giving him Egypt as a reward. 
In fact, God himself called Nebuchadnezzar king of kings. Will you believe it? Yeah. Why not? He's his servant. He's pleased with him. Look at it. Ezekiel 26, verse 7. 26, verse 7. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. Ezekiel 26, verse 7. Yeah. For this is what the sovereign Lord says. For the north I am going to bring against Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, king of kings, with horses and chariots, with horsemen and a great army. Amen. So wow. you'll be there. Eh? Don't worry. I'm going to bring myself and Nebuchadnezzar. You say you're a king, eh? You also a king, it's true, you're a king, but I'm going to bring the king of kings, Nebuchadnezzar. And you will see who is king. You see that Kaki pass Kaki. <laughs> metal pass metal. There are metals that can cut through metal. So Nebuchadnezzar was the king of God. We have seen that the reason why God gave him Egypt was because he did work for God. So God gave it to him as a wage, a reward, as a pay. Meaning all that he was doing, he was doing it for God. So if he didn't work for God, he wouldn't get Egypt. Yeah. Imagine a country like, you, let's say Britain, all of a sudden, within a space of 40 years, rule China, rule America, rule Russia. Yeah. And America was given to Britain because he did really well with Germany, Poland, and especially the, the, the Jew Israel. Because Israel was everything. Amen. Amen. <laughs> all and all because we are doing what God says. God has sent us. He was looking for a man. Amen. Amen. King of kings. So it's wrong. When we learn all about the kings in the Bible, and we don't learn about the one who God says he is the king of kings. <laughs> if you learn about the kings, you must learn about the king of what? Kings as well. And I thank God that we are learning that today. I don't know what work God has given you, but the reward for your work comes when you finish the work. You can suffer loss if you don't finish the work. It's in the Bible. I don't want to go there. Jesus said it. He said the one who did not finish will suffer loss even though he will be saved. There is blessing, that one, but blessing is for all. But the others is a reward due to your work, your service to God. And that one is connected to your reward, your reward, your reward. Like me, I don't consider myself anywhere because till I finish, I haven't finished. Until you finish, the reward will not come. I don't know what the reward will be. Maybe God will give me a reward for the three years, but what about tomorrow? So when I see people who just start working for God and they want to, it's like, you are just suffering, you won't get a reward. Yeah, you can, you can work for God and not get a reward. If you don't do the work well, or if you don't finish the work you are given. How, how do you get paid for a job you didn't finish? Because sometimes you even cause problem. And it's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. It said, it said true scripture, it said, we, it said, we do not beat air. Let's do the thing as we are doing it for a reward. 
not aimlessly. And another scripture says, you anyone who doesn't finish the work will suffer loss, even though they themselves, they will be saved. Yeah. When we look at the parable of the tenant, what happened? It is after they have finished, they were used it when he came. Then he gave them more. He says, oh, I've used what you gave me. Yeah. The two, I've got two more. He says, okay, you yeah, receive this more. Mm -hmm. The one who didn't use it, did he get a reward? No. Was he even not cast into outer yes. darkness? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So rewards are not cheap. And God is a rewarder. Rewards are not blessing. You cannot pray and receive a reward. Reward is based on what you've done for God. The reward from God is simply and strictly and only based what you've done for God. And that is when you do it as he wants it and when you finish it. Mm -hmm. So we saw that Bible said Nebuchadnezzar did the Bible specifically showed us why God gave him the reward of Egypt. Because he finished the work on 10. He got everything and God rewarded him. And when he finished the work, he didn't say, God, I've finished, reward me. Because the Bible says, when he finished the work, he did not receive any wages. Because sometimes you finish the work, but the paycheck will come at the end of the month, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. We have to know this. Other than you work and you get nothing. Because you don't understand. And every Christian must look for a reward. You see, because... When you compare a reward to a blessing, rewards are basic. Uh, blessings are basic. Because blessing is due to all of us. So, I mean, you understand. But the reward can be specific based on what you do. That purpose. But the reward is not favor. It's not prayer. It's not fasting. Of course, there's fasting reward, there's prayer reward. But there's a reward based on your service as a servant of God. That's why I say, Every Christian must make sure they serve God. Mm -hmm. Let me rephrase it. Every Christian must make sure that they grow as Christian in order to serve God. Mm -hmm. The reason I'm saying this is we are not called to serve God. We are called into salvation. Mm -hmm. But if you are truly saved, you know God, you would love to serve Him. Because mm -hmm. you know that there will be accountability and there are blessings mm -hmm. in heaven on earth. So before you serve God, make sure you have your Christian life in order and then the service will be a curse to you this is why israel they are god's people but we found the book coming to destroy god when you read because they were living in disobedience to god when you read that was why god god warned them several times stop doing this begin to obey me they will not listen they will not listen that same way many Christians have sold their birthright as Christians. Many Christians, the blessings due to us, we will not have it. God will give it to the Hittite. Because see, they are unbelievers. They will not go to heaven. But they are faithful. They are loyal. Yes, they, they, they are even good than Christians. They will serve God's purpose. They will honor a man of God. They will respect everything God. Once they are Christian, they will look down on everything God. They will speak against anything God. While they are unbelievers, they won't speak against anything God. Even though they'll tell you, me, I don't worship God. But they will respect God and everything God. So God brought Nebuchadnezzar. Says he's what? His servant. Why? Why? The question. 
How can Nebuchadnezzar be God's servant? Not like without it, but according to our theology, the Sunday school at least, I don't know for you, but I was taught. According to the scriptures that Israel is the chosen people of God, how can Nebuchadnezzar become the servant of God? What make it worse? It at the expense of the so-called, the so-called chosen people of God. I use the word so-called chosen people of God. Because maybe once you were Israel, but now you are not. Because it is something that made you a Christian. In that same way, that thing have to maintain you as a Christian. So if once a Christian doesn't mean forever a Christian. It is good that you come to church. It is good, very good. Because the center of it is, but coming to church doesn't make you a Christian. Mm -hmm. Even though Christians need to come to church. Mm -hmm. You see, you can go into a garage and sleep there. It won't make you into a car. <laughs> Even though we park cars in a garage. Am I lying? Yeah. It's the same. It is something we do or we don't do that make us and keep us at what? Israel, the people of God. So the question is why? How? What is the mystery? It's very simple. Why is Nebuchadnezzar the servant of God, the king of God, kings? Why was he prosperous? Why? Why? The answer is in Matthew 12, verse 30, 50. Matthew 12, verse 50. Three scriptures will show us why. Matthew 12, verse 50. Hallelujah. Amen. Matthew 12, 15. 50, 5, 0. 5, 0, sorry. Yes. Matthew 50. 12, 50. Yeah. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Amen. This is the first principle about the kingdom. Whoever does the will, whoever does the will is a brother. That moment, in that situation, that time, that the whoever is obeying, doing the will of God, belongs to Christ. That's first principle. Second principle, First John chapter two verse four. First John chapter two verse four. Hallelujah. Amen. First John chapter 2 verse 4 mm -hmm. Whoever says I know him but does not do what he commands is a liar and the truth is not in that person. Amen. So it is not what you say. It is whoever is doing the will, the command of God. He's the one who know him. Not the one who say I know him. Not the one who dress like how he is. Not the one who was born in that family. Not the one who knows all the right words to say. No, Christian, we have some, some, we have some words that when someone speaks, you say, oh, that means he knows Christ. No, but it's the one who do the will, the will. He's the one who know him. And from what we read, Nebuchadnezzar was doing the will of God. So even though he was in Israel, he knew, he knew God. He can discern what God want done. When he hear what God want done, he says it. He follows it. And he does it. Because the occultics also know what God wants. Through their divinations and things, they are able to tell. Laban said to Joseph, I have found out by divination 
that I'm prospered because of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. But it's the one who does the will of God, who obey the command, not the one who speaks, not the one who belongs. This is why Nebuchadnezzar was what? The servant of what? God. Why? Because, because, because obedient. The third principle, first Samuel chapter 50, verse 22. Obedient to obey, to obey, to obey is better than sacrifice. Yes, amen. First Samuel chapter 15, verse 22. First Samuel chapter 15, verse 22. So all that Nebuchadnezzar was doing was obeying. And that's what made him the servant of God. That's what made him the vessel of God. It's because of his obedience, that is why he was able to finish the work he was given. And that is why he was rewarded. That is why God made him a king of kings. Because of obedience. Because of obedience. Please read it for us. Amen. First mm-hmm. Samuel 15, 22. Mm-hmm. But Samuel replied, Does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices? God does not delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices. He doesn't delight in fasting and all those things. What is his delight? As much as as much as in obeying the Lord, to obey is better than He sacrifice. doesn't delight in those things as much as obeying him. So he delights in you obeying him that all those sacrifices. And he said, to obey is better than sacrifice. When you continue to read, he said, to heed is better. And in fact, if you obey God, you fast. In fact, if you obey God, you pray. But you see, you can pray and disobey God. You can fast and live in disobedience. Because you are fasting for your needs. You are praying for your desire. So the other things of God, you don't care. You don't give a damn. And God will see you and say, watch. I will lift up an unbeliever. That which you are fasting for, I'll give to someone that you look down on. Who doesn't even know me, but he obey my ways. To be obedient is deeper than fasting and prayer at any church. Because many people just pray for their needs, for what they want. That is the less, less of it. So you can fast and pray, but not live in obedience. But when you obey, you fast and pray. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. You can say all the jargons. God is good if he hasn't been God. (laughs) In the name of Jesus. You can say it's jargons. You can say all. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't mean you're obeying. Mm -hmm. But in fact, if you obey to you, say it. So I'm just saying this to draw attention. that I'm talking about obedience. Mm I'm talking about total obedience to the word of God. So this is why Nebuchadnezzar, even though he wasn't Israel, he was a Babylonian. Even though we say he doesn't serve Yahweh, by the system in the Bible, he was the servant of God. Because he was in obedience. Say, I'm bringing him a king. He was in obedience. When you read the prophecy in Jer- the book of Jeremiah and Ezekiel, he fulfilled everyone. Even to the extent that when he came to Israel, when he scattered all the people, Prophet Jeremiah, he didn't touch him. Mm-hmm. That was how deep he was. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, when Prophet Jeremiah gave the people of Israel the message of God, they put him in prison. Mm-hmm. The prison they put him was made. He was sinking. He begged that he would die there. But when Nebuchadnezzar came, he gave him special. Yes. Because you will not acknowledge, respect the vessels 
of God. You see, but the, the foreigner, the unbeliever, respects, acknowledge the vessel of God and will receive the verse, the blessing that comes from that. Let, let me show it to you. It almost escaped me. Amen. Look at it, Jeremiah. Chapter 39, verse 11. Please read it for me. Hallelujah. Jeremiah 39, verse 11. Now Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, had given these orders about Jeremiah through Nebuchadnezzar. No, who gave the orders about Jeremiah? Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar. Commander of the imperial guard. Take him and look after him. Don't harm him, but do for him whatever he asks. Amen. Amen. Look, this is Nebuchadnezzar. The command he gave about Prophet Jeremiah. This was how detailed it was. Because that time, Jeremiah was the only prophet of God in Israel. All the prophets were prophesying good. And Jeremiah said, no, that is not what God has said. Look at what Israel, the people of God, did to the prophet of God. Let's read it. The same Jeremiah 37. Amen. But maybe let's read from the 16. 16. Or 14. So that you see. So you see that what Christians did to the prophet of God. But the so-called person we think that is an unbeliever. Look what he did to the prophet of God. Now who is a real servant of God? Let's read it please. Jeremiah 37, 14. Yeah. That's not true. Jeremiah said, I am not deserting, deserting to the Babylonians. But Irijah would not listen to him. Instead, he arrested Jeremiah and brought him to the officials. They were angry with Jeremiah and had him beaten and imprisoned in the house of Jonathan, the secretary, which they had made into a prison. Jeremiah was put into a vaulted cell in a dungeon where he remained a long time. Then came the... Amen. Amen. Can you believe it? The so-called Christians, Israel, that's what they did to the servant of God. But the so-called Babylonian, look what he did for the servant of God. Who is honoring God? Because Jesus said, if you anyone who received me in my name has received me. He said, if, 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 if they, they accept you, it is me they have accepted. Mm -hmm. If they, they reject you, it is me. Just leave. Shake the foot. He mm -hmm. said, if you receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, you receive a prophet what? Reward. So you see, the so-called religiosity, Israel, look, look, and Babylon. So who is the real servant of God? Bible says, Nebuchadnezzar commanded regarding Jeremiah. If you continue to read, they, told, they said to Jeremiah, please tell us what you want to do. Whatever you say, you want to stay here. You say, as for all these people, we are taking them captives. Mm -hmm. But you, if you want to stay here, you can stay. Mm -hmm. If you want to go with us, you can come. Mm -hmm. The king is there. Whatever you want, we will do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you, 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 you speak to us. Mm -hmm. And this is Nebuchadnezzar. Mm -hmm. How we can miss it. Mm -hmm. How we can miss it. Mm -hmm. That's why the only secret is to stick to this. Mm -hmm. Go into this. Do when these things say do. Don't do it when they say don't do it. Because when you learn on your own understanding, mm -hmm. you will miss it. You become religious. You become superstitious. But not Christ-like. Not mm -hmm. Christian. Mm -hmm. Not spiritual. Mm -hmm. You become a resistant, mm -hmm. not a vessel. Mm -hmm. 
an opposer, not a servant. Mm -hmm. wow. wow. So Nebuchadnezzar was great. Mm -hmm. And indeed, he was what? The servant of God. When you continue to read, and you read, and you read, the entire Israel was in captivity, 70 years. Wow. Yeah, and it passed. It passed 70 years. That is when that is what caused Daniel to go into prayer. Because the prophecy said Nebuchadnezzar would take them to be in their captive for 70 years. And 70 years passed by, they were still in captivity. So that's what caused Daniel to go into fasting and prayer, that 21 days, to find out why they were still in captivity. He took everybody, the Bible says he left only the poor people on the land. It's easier to rule the poor people. It's true, it's easy to rule poor people because see, their daily life, they don't have time to worry about a lot of things. They, they are just looking for what they will eat, survival mood. You see, when, before you can worry about other things, before you can fight for all this right, all this right, you are not hungry. If you are hungry, you see, <laughs> if you wake up and you need money to buy medicine for your child, you see, your mind is not there to go and stand and protest. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh -huh. Uh -huh. You see, these are some realities. Amen. Praise the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Yeah. So he took them all captive. He took all of them. And uh, that is when God, when it was in Nebuchadnezzar, Babylon, that's when God said to them, don't, don't lie to yourself that you return back. Live here and prosper. Marry. Have children. <laughs> God said, have children. Say, Pray for the city. Because if the city prosper, you prosper. Wow. Yeah. Don't worry, you're under my servant. Mm. Don't worry, you're under the king of kings. Feel free. <laughs> Amen. So he, he prospered. Nebuchadnezzar prospered. Nebuchadnezzar knew it was God. How we know and recognize Jeremiah. Amen. He knew. So when he continued to read and read, Nebuchadnezzar indeed was the king of kings. Israel, uh, Israel was under him. Egypt was under him. He was everything. He was everything. He was everything. God lifted him up. Look at an account that was given about Nebuchadnezzar in Daniel chapter 5, 18 to 19. This was given by Daniel. Amen. So this is when Nebuchadnezzar done everything. Now Egypt belonged to him. Tribute are coming from everywhere. Kings were his assistants. Daniel 5, 18 to 19. So look at the account, how summarize, uh, how the Bible summarizes his greatness. Amen. Hallelujah. Daniel chapter 5, 18 to 19. Daniel 5, 18 to 19. Mm -hmm. Your majesty, the most high God gave your father Nebuchadnezzar sovereignty and greatness and glory and splendor because of the high position he gave him. All the nations and peoples of every language dreaded and feared him. Those the king wanted to put to death, he put to death. Those he wanted to spare his pet, those he wanted to promote, he promoted. And those he wanted to humble, he humbled. Amen. So this is a summary. So Daniel was telling, this is the son of Nebuchadnezzar, yeah. that God gave your father Nebuchadnezzar glory, honor, majesty over all nations and everyone fear him. He chooses to kill. He like he determines who live and who die. Is there? Is there? Yeah. What he wish? Amen. Yeah. yeah. He determines who get promoted and who get down. Yeah. He determines. 
Yeah, yeah. Who get paid what and who what? So this is a Samuel. How great he was! Very great. Very great. But then there was an issue between God and His servant Nebuchadnezzar. Amen. Amen. There was an issue between them, the two of them. And even this issue is the even reason why I love Nebuchadnezzar more. That's why I call him the obedient Nebuchadnezzar. Amen. So note now this man, we just read where he was. Mm -hmm. There was no one like him on earth in his days. And we said that it is God who made him like that. And one day God visited him in a dream. Daniel chapter 2 verse 27 verse 38. I want to show you the issue. Because we have to look at the issue to understand what I mean by the obedient. Nebuchadnezzar. Daniel chapter 2 27 to 38. Amen. Daniel 2, 27, 38. Mm -hmm. Daniel replied, No wise man, enchanter, magician, or div diviner can explain to the king the mystery he has asked about. But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. He has known King Nebuchadnezzar. He has shown King Nebuchadnezzar what will happen in days to come. Your dream and the visions that passed through your mind as you were lying in bed are these. As your majesty was lying there, your mind turned to things to come. And the revealer of mystery showed you what is going to happen. As for me, this mystery has been revealed to me. Not because I have greater wisdom than anyone else alive, but so that your majesty may know the interpretation and that you may understand what went through your mind. Your majesty looked and there before you stood a large statue, an enormous dazzling statue, awesome in appearance. The head of the statue was made of pure gold, its chest and arms of silver, its belly and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of baked clay. While you were watching, a rock was cut out but not, not by human hands. It struck the statue on its feet of iron and clay and smashed them. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, and the silver and the gold were all broken to pieces, became like chaff on a threshing floor in the summer. The wind swept them away without leaving a trace, but the rock that struck the statue became a huge mountain and filled the whole earth. This is this was the dream, and now we will interpret it to the king. To the third please. Yes, mm -hmm. Your Majesty, you are the King of Kings. The God of Heaven has given you dominion and power and mighty and glory. In your hands, He has placed all mankind and the beasts of the field and the birds in the sky. Whatever they, wherever they live, He has made you ruler over them all. You are that head of gold. Amen. Amen. So, God spoke to Nebuchadnezzar in the dream. Remember, when Nebuchadnezzar had the dream, he called all his magicians. Mm -hmm. He called his sorcerers. He called his astrology. Remember, by then, this, he was the top. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, he even had also the prophets. Mm -hmm. so that's why he had Daniel. Mm -hmm. And when he had the dream, he said, I will not, I've had the dream, and I know this is a message from God, but I do not understand this message. So, this time, it's important to me that if we should have read from the beginning, that's why you will say, but of course we can't read it. It is important to me that I make sure I get the exact meaning. So I'm not going to tell anybody the dream. Mm -hmm. 
you tell me the dream I had and also give me the meaning. Yeah. But he was so great. And when you read, his sorcerers, magicians, all of them told him it's impossible. The work is you tell us the dream and what? We give interpretation. How can we know your dream? And he said, I'm giving you three days. If you don't, I'll kill you. I'll kill you. And that was it. Remember, he's able to put down anything. Yes, yes, yes. And Daniel had it. And Daniel went to pray to God. And God revealed the dream to Daniel and also the interpretation. So what we read was Daniel telling Nebuchadnezzar the dream that what he had. And also telling him what the meaning. So the reason why we read this is by that dream, clearly from the Bible, we know that God showed him that he is the one who has made him. Because he said, the God Almighty has made you the king of kings. You are the head. So now Nebuchadnezzar knew that it is God. I mean, he knew already, but from the scriptures, mm -hmm. it is God who has made him what? Right. Yeah, who he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now read the 47. Mm -hmm. So you see that Nebuchadnezzar, when you read the 47, now he's aware of Yahweh. Mm -hmm. He knows that all his conquered, the Egypt he had all was a gift and a reward from where? God. Mm -hmm. He was aware of God Almighty, that God is greater than his idols. Mm -hmm. Read it for me, amen. Amen. Mm -hmm. uh, Daniel 2, 47. Mm -hmm. The king said to Daniel, Surely your God is the God of gods and the Lord of kings, and a revealer of mysteries, for you were able to reveal this mystery. Amen. So, when Daniel, Daniel God is Yahweh, isn't he? when yes. he said the dream, yeah. that I say, oh, that means your God is the God mm -hmm. of God, and mm -hmm. your kings of what? Kings. We are looking at an issue between Nebuchadnezzar and God. The servant of God and God. Now look at the Daniel chapter 3 verse 26. It's to emphasize that Nebuchadnezzar, because we read the 47 that says, Nebuchadnezzar spoke that your God is the God of one. God, Yahweh, he is the Lord of Lords. So now he's aware of God. Look at the 3 verse 22. He realized that there is a God. Please read it. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. Daniel 3 22. Mm -hmm. The king's command was so urgent and furnace. Sorry. 3 verse 26. Daniel chapter 3 26. Okay, Daniel 3 26. Nebuchadnezzar mm -hmm. then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire. Amen. Oh, let's start from the five. We missed something. Forgive me. From the five. So the, the backdrop of this is Nebuchadnezzar put these three people, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abed, they go into what? Mm -hmm. A fire to burn. Uh -huh. So now we know in Daniel chapter 247 that he's now know about God. Now Daniel chapter 3, verse 20 says, God revealed himself to him. Read it for me. Start from the 25, please. Amen. Yeah. Daniel 3.25 yeah. He said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire unbound and unharmed and the fourth looks like a son of the gods. Amen. Amen. So God when he put them in Christ revealed himself to him. So he said, ah, didn't we put three men? Yeah. But I see four people and the fourth one that's the son of God. Yeah. You know, he doesn't know God so he called son of the gods. So not the God only spoke to him, realized, also revealed himself 
to him. God, if you are a servant of God, he will reveal himself to you. God, what shall it profit a man if you are king of kings and you lose your soul? You've gained nothing as far as the kingdom is concerned. Because that is eternity. This is what? Temporary. So now he knows God. He has seen Daniel God. God has revealed himself to him. Amen. Now look at Daniel chapter 4. Daniel chapter 4. Uh, Daniel chapter 4, please. Let's read the 25. Is it 25? Yes. Daniel chapter 4, 25. Mm -hmm. I, I, I'm trying to let you see an issue between what? Nebuchadnezzar and God. So, so far, all I've said is that God revealed himself to Nebuchadnezzar through a dream. And now, through the prophet Daniel, God spoke to Nebuchadnezzar. And Nebuchadnezzar openly confessed, meaning he knew God, Yahweh, is there, apart from his idol. And Christ was also revealed to him in the fire. You understand? So now he's aware. He wasn't an ordinary person. He was aware. So Daniel chapter 4, you see that now God required Nebuchadnezzar to bow down and worship him. Now not only serve him, but to worship him. There's a difference between serving and worship. You can serve God but not worship him. You see, it is worshiping God that will take you to heaven. I'm not talking singing. Yes. You see, but serving God will give you reward, but you go, to, you can go to hell. That is why Jesus said, in the last, say when Jesus said, some will come say, I preach in your name. I cast out demons. If they preach in his name and cast out demons, were well, they not serving him? Yeah. But he said, yeah. I do not know you. Mm -hmm. So you can serve God and not worship God. Wow. Yes. As a pastor, I'm very careful. I always remind myself, my first priority, my first way is to worship God. Wow. Yeah. Because I was a worshiper, meaning a Christian, a worshiper, before I became a worker of God. My work is not to, my call is not to work for God. The first, Jesus did not come and die for work. He came to die for souls, salvation. So now, even though he was a servant, now God required him to worship him. Not worship those idols anymore. Not worship himself. That is where the problem came. <laughs> Please read it for me. Mm. Mm -hmm. Daniel 4.25. Hallelujah. Amen. Daniel 4.25. You will be driven away from people and will live with the wild animals. You will eat grass okay. like the oxen. Maybe we've gone too much. Amen. Mm. But I was trying to what? Uh, summarize. So in Daniel chapter 4, what happened is the book of Nether saw a vision. And in that vision, he was asked to worship what? God, but he refused to worship God. He was asked to worship God as well as serve God, but he said, no, I won't worship God. Amen. And that is when he was ten. God said, if you will not serve me, then I'll let you know that I am God. He turned him into an animal. Amen. So, I want us to read the part first, amen. So let's look at the Daniel chapter 4, amen, mm -hmm. verse 10. Amen. Mm -hmm. Daniel 4, verse 10. These are the visions I saw while lying in bed. I looked, and there before me stood a tree in the middle of the land. Its height was enormous. Amen. Continue, continue. For me. The tree grew large and strong, and its top touched the sky. It was visible to the ends of the earth. 
let's jump to the 18. Amen. Okay. Please. 18. Daniel 4:18. Yeah. Uh -huh. This is the dream that I, King Nebuchadnezzar, had. Mm -hmm. Now, the uh, bell. Belteshazzar. That's Daniel. Me. That was Daniel's Babylonian name. Oh, okay. So Belteshazzar is the same as Daniel. Tell but me. But when they take you, they give you their name. Mm. Uh -huh. Language and names bring people together. Uh -huh. Please read it. Mm -hmm. Tell me what it means, for none of these wise men in the in my kingdom can interpret it for mm -hmm. me. So Nebuchadnezzar had a dream, and he called Daniel again, say, "You tell me the meaning of the dream." This is a different. Cause none of these wise men stand for the uh, sorcerers, you know, astrologists, all those. They couldn't what interpret. So you interpret it for me, and him. Mm -hmm. Says because the spirit of the holy gods is in you. Mm -hmm. Then Daniel also. Because you have the holy spirit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Daniel also called Bethesda was greatly perplexed. You know, Daniel time. also called Bethesda. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. A time and his thoughts terrified him. So the king said, Bethesda, do not let the dream or its meaning alarm you. Bethesda answered, My lord, if only the dream applied to your enemies and its meaning to your adversaries. The tree you saw, which grew large and strong, with its top touching the sky, visible to the whole world, whole earth with beautiful leaves and abundant fruits providing food for all giving shelter to the wild animals and having nestling places in its branches for the birds your majesty you are that tree you have become great and strong your greatness has grown until it reaches the sky and your dominion extends to distant parts of the earth your majesty saw a holy one a messenger coming down from heaven and saying cut down the tree and destroy it but leave the stamp bound with iron and bronze in the grass of the field while its roots remain in the ground. Let him be drenched with the dew of heaven. Let him live with wild animals until seven times passes, seven times pass by by for him. This is the interpretation, your majesty. And this is the decree the most high has issued against the my lord the king. Now not yet. God has issued this regarding you, Nebuchadnezzar, you, king of kings, you, his servant. Uh -huh. Continue. Yeah. You will be driven away from people and you will live with wild animals. You will eat grass like the ox and be drenched with the dew of heaven. Seven times will pass by for you until you acknowledge that the Most High is sovereign over all kingdoms on earth and gives them to anyone he wishes. Should I continue? Continue, yeah. The command to leave the stump of the tree with its root means that your kingdom will be restored to you when you acknowledge the heaven rules. Therefore, your majesty, be pleased to accept my advice. Renounce your sins by doing what is right and your wickedness by being kind to the oppressed. It may be that then your prosperity will continue. So Daniel said, listen, God has spoken to you again. That now God has decided that you will be turned into an animal. Till you acknowledge that he is God and he's the one who has made you. That's the dream he had. That's the meaning. And Daniel said, this is the word of wisdom. Acknowledge God right now. Repent of your sins right now. So that you'll be spared from this. So in other words, God now revealed himself to Nebuchadnezzar and now seek Nebuchadnezzar to acknowledge him, worship him. Other than that, he was going to turn into what? An animal. Did Nebuchadnezzar do that? No, he did not acknowledge God. 
read the 30 for me let's jump to the 30. look at it so daniel advised him but he did not look at the 30. Mm -hmm. daniel 4 30 he mm -hmm. said is not this the great babylon i have built as the royal residence by my mighty power and for the glory of my majesty amen amen so he said no i'll build it myself i'll not acknowledge god i'll not worship god there is a done do i work he paid me i'm a man he didn't obey read the 31 to 32 amen mm -hmm. daniel 4 31 to 32 mm -hmm. even as the words were on his lips a voice from heaven a voice came from heaven this is what is decreed for you king nebuchadnezzar your royal authority has been taken from you you will be driven away from the people and you will live with the wild animals you will eat grass like the ox seven times will pass by for you until you acknowledge that the most high is sovereign over all kingdoms on earth and gives them to anyone he wishes so you will not acknowledge god and the bible as he was speaking like i can't i cannot it happened if continue, he turned into an animal and said you remain an animal until you acknowledge that god is the ruler of all men so it's uh, you have to obey other than that you remain an animal but this is somebody did you obey or not we'll look at it in a second this is somebody who has served god very well god is pleased with him god has lifted him up and now god for whatever reason comes and say i demand this in his case acknowledgement yes, yes. meaning he has to do away with all the idols because Daniel said repent from your sins and confess your wickedness he said no my hand has made this and Bible said as he was speaking say no who is God I won't. no that was it how many pastors fall to this God lift them up and they forget that it is God, that they are serving God, that the members are God's children. Christ has bought them with his blood. How many church members fought to this? They were in sin and they are saved. And because they are saved, they think that's it. They become arrogant. Even the Bible itself cannot teach them. How many church workers fall into this? from nowhere they begin to serve god god anoint them begin to serve god in any sphere no man can correct them no man can say anything it's like god is even smart like now when we come to church no more about god it's about us like us no acknowledgement of god how many of us when god promote us when god give us paper when god give us promotion that office and we step there no even mention of god we become ashamed of god no acknowledgement of god when we are telling our story god is not involved in it because we are saying that god did not do anything and this is we that god raised us there's no acknowledgement of god so nebuchadnezzar was turned into an animal he ate grass see how high he was and how low a man that's the lowest a man can be, like an animal. What is God teaching us? He's the lifter. He's the one who lifts one up and brings one low. It doesn't matter how high you are, he can bring you low. 
he can. We, we just saw it. It doesn't matter how high he lifts you up, he will bring you low. If you allow him. I mean, who is lower than an animal? When you read the Babylonian records, according to the Bible, it's not in the Bible, please. He was chained because he was like a wild beast. Yeah. The scripture says you will eat grass like an animal. When the Bible says God did it by turning his brain to the, uh, an animal brain. So, better you think like animal, act like animal. Amen. But then this is the key. This is why it's my favorite. At that state, he now acknowledged God. He now became obedient. And guess what? God restored him. That's why I call him the obedient Nebuchadnezzar. Many people in that case would rather be offended. Would rather be proud, arrogant. Would rather have issue with God. Would rather be blaming God. But in when when God showed him where power lies, Bible says he later acknowledged God and God restored him. Let's read it. Daniel chapter four, verse thirty-four. Daniel chapter four, verse thirty-four. Amen. Amen. Daniel four thirty-four. Mm-hmm. At the end of that time, I Nebuchadnezzar raised my eyes towards heaven. And my sanity was restored. Then I praised the Most High. I honored and glorified Him who lives forever. His dominion is an eternal dominion. His kingdom endures from generation to generation. So after he was telling, he said, He looked at me, he called to God. And now he acknowledged God. And God restored him. Yeah. And now he confessed all this thing about God. So now he really knew God. Yeah. Not only a servant, but a worshiper. Mm-hmm. One who acknowledges God. Mm-hmm. What is this teaching us? This is teaching us that obedience is the key. Mm-hmm. That as long as we are obeying God, we will go high. And it doesn't matter how high we are. Right. Except it is not by God. Mm-hmm. But if it's by God and we stop the obedience, we will come down. We will come down. And it shows us, it's not what you say in regards to God, but what you do, what you are doing in regards to God. You cannot say you have obeyed enough. You can't. The book of Nisa was at his pinnacle. He has finished all the countries. He was at peace. He had all the great people with what? Him. So he said, I, Nebuchadnezzar, I look up. You see, he mentions the I, Nebuchadnezzar. Me, me, king of kings, I'm telling you that God, Yahweh, is the almighty. Not these idols. He's the, he's everything. So if the king of kings is saying that, what are you saying? What are you saying? Are you saying that God, I just finished read that bit again. Are you saying that God, what is your words regarding God today? And note, the words is what you actually what mean. Please say it for me again. Amen. Just Daniel. cut that short where he said it. 
Daniel 4, 34. Mm -hmm. I honored and glorified him who lives forever. No, I honored, I now honor God. And now I glorify him. He did it forever. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. His dominion is an eternal dominion. God's dominion is eternal. Are you doing the same? This is all, in other words, this is all God wants. That we will honor and glorify him and acknowledge the truth. Uh -huh. His kingdom endures from generation to generation. His kingdom endures from generation to generation. Before us, he was there. We will live and go. He will be there. We will go and meet him in eternity. Or we will be here and we will see him like, is it Lazarus? And the rich man. Amen. Amen. So this is why I say the obedient Nebuchadnezzar. Why? Because when he disobeyed and he realized that by disobedient he's low, he didn't make excuses. He didn't try to fight his way. He turned back. He obeyed. The same. Remember the advice Daniel gave him that he disobeyed. He just accepted and he was restored. By this, God is teaching us. That obedient is key. That obedient is everything. Obedient is everything. Two scriptures will bring the service to a close. How to make sure you obey. Two scriptures. How to make sure you obey. I just want to give two kids. First of all, obedience is a choice. It's a choice. If you are not obeying every word of God, it's a choice that you've made. It's whether you are aware of it or not, knowing or knowing, it is a choice. Let me show it to you. Deuteronomy, or Isaiah chapter 1 verse 19. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 19. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 19, yes. Isaiah 119. Mm -hmm. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good things of the land. Amen. If you are willing, so to obey is a will. Mm. It's a will. No one is born automatically to obey. Those who obey is a will. They, they, they are willing, they want to, and they decide to. So, first of all, maybe you are not aware, you must decide that from now you obey God. You must decide. It is in that decision, it is when you decide, that is when obedience starts. That is when obedience kicks in. If you don't decide, you will not obey. So it says, if you are willing and obedient, many know we have to obey. We procrastinate. We underplay it. We undermine it. Amen. Amen. But it will, the moment you decide you are willing to obey, you obey. You will not make excuses. You will not make excuses. Because as for excuses, eh, you will get. In fact, the more you want, the more you will get. So the first key is obedient. Oh, sorry, the first key to obedient is the will. You are willing to obey. Many are not obedient to. And I'm not talking because you stop smoking and drinking. As I said, if you are obeying fat, you will stop smoking and other things. But you can stop smoking and drink, but yes, to live in disobedience. Amen. But it's the will. 
is the will. You must be willing. Because your will, God has given you what? Your will. You see Nebuchadnezzar, he said, no, I. Later he again said, I. Mm -hmm. Purely his will. Yes, right. His will. Yeah. So that will not like he couldn't. He chose. Yes, Purely yes. his will. Yeah. Amen. The last scripture, Psalm 119 verse 60. So you must be willing. Only you can will. Anything anybody will say is to help you draw your attention that you will be willing. Mm -hmm. Only you can will for yourself. Amen. Amen. And once you are willing, you have to do Psalm 119 verse 60. Please read it for me. Psalm 119 verse 60. Mm -hmm. I, will, I will hasten and not delay to obey your commands. Again. So that if you want to obey, don't procrastinate. When you procrastinate it, you will obey. The conviction that is causing you to obey. When you procrastinate it, the conviction is gone. So he said, I will hasten and not delay to obey your command. So don't hesitate. Don't delay. Now, now. The Bible said today, if you hear my voice, do not harden your heart. So the secret, after you are willing, is that moment, that moment, you start to obey. Don't say, okay, now I'll lay. No, you start. Other than that, you never obey. I will hasten and not delay. I will, and over the years, I've seen this. People that as a pastor, as a pastor, by the spirit of counsel, I give them counsel. Those who just do it, they do it. They end up doing and they end up being a blessing. But those who procrastinate or try to make a decision, they never end up doing. And you see that the problem is still there. You see, because as long as the windows is open, cold air will come into the room. And the room will be cold. So the only way is close the windows. You can pray or prayer. The windows is open. It will still be cold. So cancel the spirit of cancel is key. So he said, I will hasten. I will hasten. Another will. And not delay to obey your command. This is the true key to help you obedient. To help you obey every word of God. It's, it's, it's simple. If you take these two key, you see that the word of God is easier to obey. You have heard this word of God. You know what it means to you. Just pray a few minutes regarding this word. Pray that God will make you obedient. Amen. That you will be obedient. Amen. That if you should get it wrong, you will obey again. Amen. You obey. Amen. Nebuchadnezzar had it wrong. Amen. At his peak. But when he was humble, when he realized, he began to obey. Amen. Lift up your voice and pray. Oh, pray. Le makashoko tobro shendre anduha. Elika bayanda bura kashoko tobro shendre anduha. Elika biriando tobro shendre anduha. Biriando anduha. We believe you have been blessed by the teachings of God's word. For audio CDs, videos, books, and other information, please visit our website on www dot devotionallightchurch dot com God bless you